The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Let me talk to all you guys for just a minute about peanut butter sandwiches. Can I can I, can, I, can I get it? Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Yeah, what's up everybody? It's uh, Wednesday. It's buy low sell high. It's Brandon Day. Happy Brandon Day, man. Happy peanut butter sandwich day. Happy Brandon Day. Happy peanut butter sandwich day. Uh, tremendous conversation that we had on um, the Skype before we actually started recording this, we were discussing uh, our broadcasting duties and our food of choice during said broadcast. Peanut butter sandwich. Yep. It's so there's just something so refreshing about like it's not going to make you belch on air. That's a key, right? You can't have something that's going to make you burp. You can't just like warf down a hot dog in the middle of a ball game, or you're going to be gurping between plays. Uh, peanut butter sandwich. I, everybody. So a uh, little background here before we dive into buy low, sell high, and I'll tell you what show you're listening to at a, at a certain point. Brandon and I both play-by-play broadcasters. Uh, you're doing it more than I am still. I'm sort of like a play-by-play emeritus at this point, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I, so for me, every time I work the California League and, uh, and, and in Bakersfield, and everybody's listening to the show has heard me yammer on about Baco a few times already, uh, but all of our trips were because we were centrally located in the in the league. All of our bus trips were were four hours or less, which sounds horrible, but that's actually not bad for minor league travel. That's that's actually pretty good. And yeah, so, considering that I had to go over yeah. ten hours to go to Montana from Utah. Right, that was Pioneer League, right? Correct. Correct. So Brandon got stuck with these ridiculously long bus trips. I didn't, which allowed me and and I'd throw. I actually would throw a, a carton of lactose-free milk, a little lactate, in the freezer and a, cart- <laughs> and a carton of orange juice in the freezer uh, the night before a road trip. And then the morning of, I would throw those two things in a double bag paper bag with a loaf of bread and a, and a can of peanut butter. And that was, everybody on the team knew, that was called Dan Best versus Traveling Pantry. <laughs> because the, the frozen beverages actually kept everything else cold in the bag. I could have packed all sorts of stuff. It was like a traveling ice pack. Um, peanut butter <laughs> sandwiches all the time, man. And if you go to most hotel front desks, they have plasticware. So you gotta smear that gotta gotta smear that peanut butter, man. Are you a blob peanut butter guy or do you smear that across the bread? I smear it. Yeah. And I am a uh, I do a juice fat skippy peanut butter and <laughs> I smooth it out and I do peanut butter on both sides. Oh uh, and I don't do jelly, so it's just peanut no. butter on both sides. The hell with and, jelly. And, yeah, it's great. It's good jelly's good, but I do it just peanut butter and then I cut it in half to make it fit in the um, plastic bag. <laughs> you gotta get a bigger plastic bag. I've just figured yeah. out your I yeah. solved your problems for you, Brad, so you're welcome. Uh, this is Fantasy FBA Today, contrary to popular belief, brought to you by Skippy. And, of course, Hawaiian <laughs> Isles Kona Coffee Company. Um, I'm Dan Baspers, at Dan Baspers on Twitter. He is Brandon Marcus, BD Marcus on Twitter. It's Brandon Day. I have no ailments to complain of today. That's unfortunate. What about you? I'm just tired. Yeah, that's baseline for all adult humans at this point. So I guess we can just launch right into it. I mean, I have all sorts of things to talk about, but most important thing is we had one damn game yesterday. Oh, you know what? Um, did you see Patrick Beverly's thing? Because I did not. It, I saw they, they listed it as sore groin, so I'm operating that it's not too awful. But, yeah. um, it, I mean, this is just his 
this is his thing, right? He plays so hard that he plays himself into little sore things all the time. It didn't actually happen on a play like where he had to come out of the game. It was one of those things where Lou Williams started the second half and everyone's like, where the hell is Pat? Because clearly something happened during halftime where he complained of something and they said, you know what, we're going to take this easy. We're going to take it and probably keep him out. And my guess is they keep him out of today's game too. Um, Today's going to be an absolute um, uh, word I can't say show, Uh, (laughs) especially if PG's out. Because if PG's out, then you have Kawhi, PG, and Pat all out. Mm. So they're probably going to lose to Atlanta tonight, by the way. Happy Lou Williams Day, everyone. Yeah, happy Lou Williams Day. Happy Montrez Harrell Day. Uh, very frustrating for anybody that had Zoo yesterday to see Zoo play 16 minutes in the first half, have near a double-double, and then play the first four and a half minutes of the third quarter and not see the court again. So that was definitely frustrating for anybody that had Zoo. I don't know what's going on. That almost actually cost them the game because Trez having to play the final 19 minutes I mean, Jeez. against Boban was ridiculous. And that's just what they were talking about trying to eliminate. Yeah. So much for that, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, when you have a seven foot one Ivica Zubats, why keep him on the bench against a seven foot four Boban when you have a six foot seven Montrez Harrell? Also of note in that ball game, Dwight Powell, Achilles done. Crummy, yeah, crummy. Wasn't good. good lord, one game yesterday, and we couldn't get through it without one very significant and one medium significant injury. Ridiculous. Yeah, the Powell one, he knew right away. I mean, he was pounding the floor. He knew right away. Did you see the tweet that I put out about it? Yeah, probably. I uh, think so. Yeah. So I was explaining the situation to oh, uh, yeah, I saw to, this. to Jess, my wife, who, for those that are listening and haven't listened for a long time, my wife is a doctor. And so this is this is the response you maybe I should be expecting at this point. But I said we were talking about, you know, at dinner time we try to do like at least a half an hour of all three of us, the, the two of us and our and our three year old eating dinner together every night. Um, and so we go around the table and there's like a quick little, what did you do today thing? And I'm, you know, my day was like, I did 9,000 weird basketball related tasks. And then I watched a guy blow out his Achilles. And of course her response wasn't, you know, okay. She did start by saying, Oh, that, you know, that's terrible. And then followed it up with, could you see if his calf muscles snapped and benched and bunched up by his knee? And I was like, Oh, that's disgusting. And no, no, League Pass is not that crystal clear on the, like, 38-inch TV that I was watching it on at the time. But, yeah, apparently that happens, and it's gross, uh, because once the Achilles snaps, then whatever's holding the muscles down near the ankle releases them, and they f- and they shoot up towards the knee into, like, a weird muscle bunch. You feeling gross yet? Yeah, that sucks, man. It's, it's like when, uh, when you get a cramp in your stomach, like, when I'll, I'll work out, and, yeah, yeah, I work out. <laughs> um, and I'm doing like I'm doing abs or something, swell, and man. the will bulge out of your chest, and you could see your muscle out of your chest, like in your stomach, and it's the weirdest sensation. And you're like holding your arms above your head, just waiting for it to go back inside. That is also kind of gross. So if anybody's had their breakfast, congratulations. If you had your lunch, you're in real trouble at this point because this podcast went from. Uh, regular to disturbing, but hey, let's uh, let's do a little buy low, sell high. What you got in the docket for us this week? Yeah, sure. Why not? Why, why don't we do a little buy low, sell high? Um, some of them feature candidates that are maybe going to get traded. So let's start with the first one is the guy that I think is going to get traded. That's Derek Rose. Um, production obviously is at sky high right now with having to play a ton of minutes. 
He's uh, your boy, a sixth man of the year, possibly. Um, probably not because of Lou Williams, Montrose Harrell, but averaging me 18 and a half points, a three per game, six assists, 50% from the field. Pretty good. Yeah. Link to your Lakers. He's currently ranked about 85 um, for the season. I-, I would anticipate that dropping if he moves away from Detroit. I mean, the last week he's ranked 40. In the last two weeks, he's ranked 70. Uh, last year, he was at 107. So I think he falls out of the top 100. Um, once he gets traded. So Derek Rose is my first sell high. Yeah, unfortunately, I do agree with you. I, I was pretty, I was weirdly high on Derek Rose this year. He was that guy that I took at the end of drafts to much laughter in the draft room, and he's been pretty damn good as like a 14th round dude to this point. But if he gets moved, there's almost no way he has the freedom that he has in Detroit. He completely runs their second unit. He's been seeing time with the starters because of how injured they've been. Uh, I mean, this is a guy playing 26 minutes off the bench and taking 15 shots a game. That's crazy high volume for that number of minutes. That's like Montrez Lou Williams level of volume. This is how six men candidates, by the way, get picked. You got to get in there and, and go nuts. But even Lou Will, he's 15 shots a game in 30 minutes. So for Rose, his rate of shot per minute is even higher than Sweet Lou there's no way he keeps up that level of production if he gets moved. But the question is, can he? Like, what could a team like the Lakers give back to Detroit? They have no assets left for, like, the next 20 years outside of weird little, you know, like, pockmarked second rounders. Is that going to be enough? Yeah, Detroit will take something. I mean, someone will be willing to offer a late first rounder for someone that comes off the bench. I mean, the Jazz, they got Jordan Clarkson. There's going to be a team that needs something like that where you get scoring off the bench and improves your second unit big time. And even if he does not get moved, which I really do think he will, Reggie Jackson comes back today. So that's something that we have been waiting for. And he's going to take some of the minutes. He's going to take some of the touches. So no matter what, Derek Rose, I think, is a sell high. And not in the future, but immediately. Yeah, I don't know what you... So then the other half of this question, and this is maybe even the tougher part, is what what can you even get for him at this point? Because our people... Because <clears throat> he's been... You know, he's the Derrick Rose polarization of the NBA world is is very intense uh, and everybody's too busy either standing or or hating on him to think about the fact that, hey, he actually has had a pretty good fantasy season so far. The guys around him, uh, we just talked about Patrick Beverly, who got hurt. I mean, that might be a, a potential target. People are generally yeah. undervalue him as well. Yeah. Marcus Saul is another one. Um, I think that maybe you could get Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, OG Anunoby, if that's someone that you uh, enjoy, uh, Laurie Markinen might be somebody you might be able to get, even though he uh, had a lot of hype before the season. He's maybe settling down. Brandon Clark is another one that I think you might be able to get for him. I think the points and assists do stand out, and is something that uh, will give some value to Rose's name because whenever someone scores a lot of points, that does help. I'd be pretty surprised if you could get anyone above those names that you listed, because then you start to get into other guys who have recognizable name value maybe you could get like an evan fournier yeah maybe a miles turner that would surprise me if somebody gave him up for that but you never know yeah i guess you never know shotgun shotgun approach uh what about guys that are currently ranked below derrick rose that might be able to move past him at the risk of hitting on any of your buy low guys um what about like a joe ingles if people are petrified of mike conley coming back do we do we think ingles can kind of hold on to any value. Daniel Tice has actually been ramping up pretty good for Boston these days. 
Um, Mello is behind him, but probably consistent at the very least. You know, I don't like his nine-cat game, but he's he's like Derrick Rose, but of the forward position, right? Would you have Josh <laughs> Richardson, or would you rather have um, Derrick Rose? Wow. And Derrick is out in front of him by a bit, isn't he? Yep. Jay Rich is 117. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting target. At least yeah. you know he's not going to fall off any farther than that. Sadoransky? Yeah, I guess I'd probably go Sato there. Yeah, Duncan Robinson? I might stick with Rose. Just because three-pointers are... They're about yeah. to pop up. This is the time that we're... Like, trade deadline, you're going to have somebody emerge that just hits a bunch of threes. Um, other names in that... That's a group. That's an interesting group, by the way. Uh, quickly, I'm going to list off a few guys that I'd probably have over Derek Rose at this point. Uh, Ingles was one that I already mentioned. I would also throw... You're not going to get Sweet Lou, but he's pretty similar stat set, actually. P.J. Washington, I'd probably take over Rose at this point. Uh, Sato, like you just mentioned, Jay Rich. Looking down the list there, that's eh, probably about as far down the charts as as I would go. Maybe, maybe you could go get Lonzo Ball and see what the hell happens there. By the way, don't do that. I don't really want that. Um, okay. All right. Um, interesting. Who's next on the docket? Let's go buy low and let's go uh, Paul George. I'm getting a lot of stuff on Twitter with his name involved in it, impossible trades. And I don't think people realize how good he has been and how good he is when he's on the floor. So we always talk about trading for somebody when they're injured is the best time to do it, especially when they're going to come back soon. It does help your team a lot. And right now, George is ranked, I believe, number 13. Yeah. And so PG is someone that I think because of his injuries is frustrating owners and because he's really been kind of hit or miss at times, he hasn't been that consistent PG that he was last year where he was a top three fantasy asset, but he's still number 13. So I think he's not being treated as such. Yeah, I I agree with that as well. I think you might see his turnovers actually come down a tiny bit, which would be one small spot you could, you could have potentially a, a slight improvement. His other stuff feels pretty sustainable the rest of the way. So I'm looking at guys that are just a hair beneath him that maybe you could flip for Paul George. Um, John Collins, Devin Booker, LaMarcus Aldridge, Chris Paul, Clint Capella. Uh, Some of those guys obviously change the complexion of your team significantly, but I think I'd take Paul George over any of those guys I just listed. Do you disagree or agree? No, I think I agree. Um, Yeah, I mean, you can probably try and get it made for Kemba. Here's a fun one. Rather have Giannis or PG. Oh, my God. Can you believe? Dude, Giannis at the free throw line this year, he's twice as awful as anybody else in the NBA. Yeah, he's really not good. I remember how I told you that I was facing Giannis, and that he came out, and I think he was three for nine or something in his first game against me. I was like, oh, okay, he probably lost free throw percentage against me. <laughs> yeah, you can. You know what you can do is when you play a team in head-to-head that has Giannis on it, you can retool your streaming strategy. Like, you yeah. can go get punt free throw guys and probably still win the category that week. It's a weird... Man, I mean, he's 28 right now, averaging 30-13-6, a steal, a block, one-and-a-half three-pointers, and he's shooting 55% on 20 shots a game. And his free throw percent, if you remove free throw percent, this is one of the most interesting punt games of math that you could possibly play. He goes from 28 to number one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. see, that's, that's the reason why when you look at some of these numbers and you see where somebody's ranked – you can't go and sell somebody just based on the rankings because free throw percentage is one category. I understand, like in a head-to-head. 
for you and Roto, it immediately sinks you to the bottom. So that yeah. hurts a lot if you get one out of 12. But in head-to-head, like, you can still win 6-3 and be fine. So if you want to lose turnovers, I mean, you want to lose free throw percentage, then that's fine. But So be careful trading a guy like Giannis. So when I say Giannis for PG, I think I'd still rather have Giannis, by the way, because free throw percentage is one category. Um, so that... I'd be curious. Would you still? You would still take Giannis over PG, right? Yeah, I think so. It, well, we're we're talking head to head now, right? Yeah, even Roto. Uh, I think I might go Paul George on that one. Interesting. Even though Giannis will help you in every other category. Yeah, I just I can't. My my teams are built on being good in percentages. Even even. Like, you can look at my teams, just look at how they do in the percentages and know roughly where my team is going to be in the standings. So, like, uh, the the league where I'm winning, or I, I mean, I'm in second place, but I also am 55-0, sorry, 65 now, games back of the team in first place, so I'll be, I'll be zipping past him here shortly. Uh, that team, I lead the, the entire league in combined points between field goal and free throw percent with 20. I've, I'm tops in field goal. I'm like third or fourth from the top in in free throw, and sure enough, I'm I'm by averages probably going to win that league. Look at one of my other leagues where I'm like fifth from the top in field goal and like third from the bottom in free throw, getting my butt kicked. So my teams are built now. Look, if I look at that league, yeah, I'd probably take <laughs> I'd take Giannis because I only have two points to lose in free throw as it is, and Giannis could gain far more than that in the other category. So a lot of it in roto is an ROI thing. Where does your team sit right now? And, you know, how does that, what can you do with that going forward? Head-to-head, I think I'm going Giannis. And I think it's less of a, it's it's still a team build thing. Um, but you kind of have to know where you sit, right? It's it's a little bit of a cop-out. But because he is such a detriment in one category, you have to look at how your team is built. If you're winning free throw percent every week, you can't possibly trade for Giannis. You're relying on that category every week. Yeah, that's a good point. It's interesting because PG is also shooting 43%. So it's not like he's shooting very well from the field and he takes a lot of shots. So 43%, but 91% from the line. While Giannis, like you said, is 55% from the field and 60.5% from the line. So Paul George, which, by the way, that is a bad field goal number, like a pretty high volume 43%. The impact he has there is basically a quarter the negative impact that Giannis has given you at the free throw line. That's the difference in how that actually is uh, is putting a dent in you. I believe the worst field goal percent guy in the league is is probably Devontae Graham, if I had to just guess without looking at anything. Uh, and even his awful, awful field goal percent, which is 15.5 shots a game at under 38%, even that, which is the single worst anchor in field goal percent in all of fantasy sports, isn't even half of the anchor that Giannis is in free throw percent. I love the, the, the statistics stuff. If you look at the, the basketball monster player ranking and it kind of shows you what these guys, what their impact is in a category against the rest of the league, the second worst free throw percent guy by, by anchor by weight is Ben Simmons. And he's basically half of what Giannis is doing. That's, that's how brutally horrible Giannis is in that category. You almost can't win it. You almost ha- you and in Roto you almost definitely will lose it with just one guy on your fantasy team. It's pretty wild. Yeah, that's crazy actually. Um. Anyway, I guess was, this was a Paul George discussion, wasn't it? Yeah, but so it's still fair. But yeah, PG. Where I mean, you, we just we talked about the guys that you probably trade for him in that entire area. 
So the reason why I brought up Giannis is because it looks like he's because he's so, so low and he's ranks to Kemba, who I brought up. Jason Tatum, I would probably I would have PG over. Um, yeah, I mean Zach Levine. By the way, everyone is slobbering all over him right now. Um, he's definitely a sell high. He's not on my list, but he's a sell high. Yeah, so. and I'm just just looking at the names under Paul George on this. I think there's only two guys on that whole chart that I would prefer to have over Paul George, and that would be Drummond and Jokic. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's about it. I mean, the rest of those guys, like, I, listen, I love Chris Paul. I love LaMarcus Aldridge. Everybody knows they've been a couple of the guys I've been pumping all season long. They're 16 and 17 right now, so cool. Um, but also a lot of their values tied up in the fact that they don't turn the ball over that much. You know, Chris Paul's hugely efficient. They're both great at both percentages. They're good at both of them. Uh, so they're very much Dan Vesper's guys, but they also they don't have the impact in the other categories that Paul George has. And so even though they're actually ranked really tight to one another, I would take Paul George over either of those guys in a, in a runaway. Um, so maybe, you know, think about it. Uh, I think people are going to be afraid of rest days, and they probably will come. But when he's out there, he's he's a force, you know, 23.5 points, three and a half three-pointers a game. That's among the league leaders. Six boards, four assists. His steals could even get higher. Anyway, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's been going crazy, so maybe they need him to take a couple days rest. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally on board with that one. Uh, and even guys are slightly ahead of Paul George right now, I would consider trading for him. Um, Brandon Ingram, Jimmy Butler, I think I'd rather have Paul George than either of those guys, even though they're all kind of clumped in together. Yeah. Um, LeBron? I'm going to have LeBron, I think. Embiid? Probably the same issues as George. I'll probably go Embiid there. Yeah. And then Whiteside, you go George, right? It depends. Because like, what we talked about here with the team, like I almost I put together a deal where I was going to give away Whiteside. It's just a theoretical. And I was like, damn, I looked at his game log. And I'm like, dude, I can't give this up. Like 18 yeah. and 18 with four blocks. Like, dude, that that kills me. Like I, I'm winning rebounds and field goal percentage and blocks every True. week. Yeah, we're at that time of the season where you can't just give a guy away in a vacuum anymore. Ah, well. Uh, okay, you got anything else for us? Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go with one more sell high since we're taking a lot of time on these dudes. Um, this is I'm putting Ben Simmons on here, and the reason why I'm doing that is because in the last week he's averaging 24 points, nine rebounds, nine and a half assists, 2.3 steals, shooting 68 percent from the field, um, and he is currently ranked number 20 in the last week. People may have forgotten that Embiid is out, and that's the reason why Simmons has done so well. So I am selling very, very high on Ben Simmons. Yes, you and I agree on all three today. That's uh, that's unusual. I'm uh, I'm fully with you. He's raised his full season ranking up to 34 after he was hovering uh, more towards that 50 range for a while, and he'll probably scoot back towards the sort of late fourth round, early fifth in terms of where he, he ends up. You're absolutely right. It's it's fully a usage thing, which he's now getting. But Joel Embiid coming back, that's 16 shots. That's eight free throws. That's a lot of possessions that have to go the way of the big man. And there's a lot of bunching on that team. There's not a whole lot of floor spacing. If I can trade Ben Simmons for anybody inside the top 30 right now, I do it in a blink of an eye. Oh, yeah. And, and I would do it for most of the people in the top 45, probably. Yeah, I'll go. I mean, hell, you shouldn't even have to go that low with as well as he's playing right now. You go yeah. 
Go top 35. You could probably get any of those guys. Well, yeah. okay, not any of them. Sorry. There's there's a obviously you're not getting like a top 15 dude for him now, but somebody between 20 and 40, I bet you can get one of those guys. Yeah, I think so too. Is there anyone in that range, 20 to 40, that's not obviously, you know, a you know, somebody who's played like four like Steph is 36. Uh yeah. is there anybody in that range that you would prefer Simmons over that guy? There's a couple Maybe. of names that are a little bit scary. Yeah, maybe maybe Levine. I might rather have Simmons. For me, it's maybe Kyle Lowry because I've got to feel like the next bursitis is only a week away. Yeah. Um, Rashawn Holmes. Dude, is he going to be back tonight? Maybe. Grant Napier said maybe. I I mean, it sounds like he'll be back within the week, which uh, I'll take that, even if it's not tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would rather have... Probably go I mean, Simmons. If you have Simmons, you're taking. I mean, you're, the Holmes owner would say yes right away. By the way, yeah, uh, yeah, you're keeping so, Simmons there. Yeah, I think you'd keep Simmons. As much as we love Rashawn Holmes, you're probably keeping Ben Simmons. And again, some of that is just the kind of where is there, where's the value tied up? And for Rashawn Holmes, a lot of it is the turnover discrepancy. Simmons is three point three. Rashawn is one point two. Do you want that giant turnover jump every week of six to ten fewer turnovers? Because if you pull that out, Simmons would actually be in front of Rashawn Holmes this year. So these, those are those little things you have to think about when you're orchestrating these trades and, and why certain guys are down. And obviously with Simmons, the free throw percent is the other big drag. You know, if you pull those, if you pull those two things out, he's a guy that leapfrogs almost everybody. You know, you just pull out free throw alone, he's number 10. Pull out free throw and turnover, he's number 8 in the NBA. So team build. Team build is pretty damn big this time of year, uh, but I agree with you still. I mean, this this hot run he's on should be able to net you somebody inside the top 30, and you should take that. Agreed. Um, indeed. Hmm, indeed agreed. All right. Brandon Marcus, buy low, sell high Wednesday. Enjoy your peanut butter, my good man. Hey, thanks. You too, and, and uh, enjoy Zion's debut. It should be a fun one. Ooh, that will be a fun one. I'll talk to you on – well, I Mon- talked to Brandon – yeah, Monday. We talk on Monday. You should got everybody should go get the premium pass at this point so you can watch us talk on Monday about um, more peanut butter related items. Yeah, and we we answer all your questions. There's not a single question that we skip. So, it's worth it in of itself. So, you wait a minute. I can't even let you go yet. You smear what? the peanut butter on both sides of the bread. I do. That's so thorough. It's so delicious. And I get every <laughs> single corner of the bread too. Oh, you gotta go to the corners because yeah, yeah. the crust the crust is an annoying part where if you can get some peanut butter up in that joint, it it does make it substantially better. But both sides of the bread, you're a yeah. sociopath, Brandon. And it's I so good. And I love all the protein. <laughs> all the protein. All right, later, Skippy. Later. Well, we got a nice response to it on Twitter, so I'll segue straight from our buddy Brandon into the call to arms here at Hoopball. We have two of them today. Both of them you are quite familiar with, but they each deserve repeating. Call to action number one. Hey, you guys want to join our sales team? I put out a couple of tweets about it yesterday and got a number of replies. If you have midday availability, listen, when I talk about positions that we're filling here at Hoopball, a lot of the times I'm talking about you know, a couple hours a week, contributor spot, learn the craft, become a fantasy expert, become a a Twitter sensation. But those are contributor roles. The sales gig here at HoopBall actually is an opportunity to make a bunch of money pretty quick. 
Not immediately, but pretty quick. Various details I can provide via internet. And if you'd like to bug me about it. So here's the thing. If you've got midday availability, so you need to be able to make phone calls during Pacific time sales hours, which is effectively anytime between about 9 a.m. Pacific and about 4 some odd p.m. Pacific time. If you can do that, if you've got time in that window, and not just like 20 minutes here and there, if you've got some time in the middle of the day Pacific time, hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that email address is teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. And let me know you're interested. We'll figure it out from there. Obviously, there are, you know, we got to make sure that everybody's a fit and so forth. But we're looking for good folks that can get on the horn and make some calls and earn a couple of bucks. And if you want to combine that with something else you're doing for us here at HoopBall, even better. Want to be a fantasy analyst while you make sales calls and earn some cash? Sweet. You want to be a sports reporter the rest of your life and make enough money making some phone calls where you don't have to go work a day job? Awesome. This is the place to get started. The other call to action is our buddies at mybookie.ag. And I have been gone. This is the full pleading bended knee treatment. You know, I only break this out every once, once every few months, but I am on bended knee. I am going full 90s R&B on you guys right now. I am on bended knee. The pride of 94. Can we go back to the days our love was strong? That's what I got to ask you. And if the answer is yes, please. Open up an account at mybookie.ag with promo code TODAY. T-O-D-A-Y is the promo code at mybookie.ag and get a 50% deposit bonus on your initial deposit into the piggy bank. Your first bankroll will be boosted by 50%. Then go follow our guys at Hoopball Gaming and listen to Today in Sports Betting and listen to my theories You guys have heard me over the last couple of years. We win our NBA wagers. It's a slow and steady plod, but we win our NBA wagers. Do it at mybookie.ag. It makes us look good, and you can win, you know, go out for a steak dinner at the end of the season. You know, we're only working towards, like, we'll win you 100 bucks a season. This is not, you know, get-rich-quick scheme. This is plod along, win 5 bucks here, 10 bucks there, that kind of thing. Or if you're rolling in cash, you can make bigger bets. I don't care. But it doesn't need to be. Put in 50 bucks, get a 25 bonus. Put in 100 bucks, get a $50 bonus. Something small like that. Get it fired up at mybookie.ag. Make us happy, make them happy, and then make yourself happy. And here's the thing. You're like, well, if we're going to win, then why are they happy? They don't care. They want you to win. When you win, you come back, you do it again. And all they got to do is split the take on any given game, and they're good because they keep the chalk, man. They keep the vig. So do it. Please do it. That's it. Bended knee. That's the full treatment today. Quick recap of the one game Tuesday, which was a real pain in the butt. And then Brandon and I already talked a little bit about the injury uh, in that ball game. But obviously, Patrick Beverly's sore groin was the initial indicator. Hopefully, that means that nothing was torn or sprained or strained or whatever could go on there. I think if it was torn, we would have heard about it by now. It sounds more like it just wasn't quite right. And so they played it safe. And this is the Patrick Beverly thing, is he plays himself into injuries. Annually, this is his thing. He will play so damn hard when he's on the floor that he ends up broken. But damn it, I love his fantasy game when he's out there. Damn it, damn it, damn it. 
And so I have a ton of him, and this obviously hurts me a lot. I also have a pretty good chunk of Dwight Powell's who blew out his Achilles in this ballgame. One damn game on Tuesday and an injury on both sides. Come on, NBA. Come on. Doesn't even matter that Powell had a nothing fantasy line before he went down. This is likely, at the time of recording this part of the show, this is likely season-ending. We might even have confirmation by the time the show drops that it is season-ending. Certainly that's the fear, and that's what we're going to roll on right now. What does it mean for both sides? Well, on the Clippers' side, you're going to see more Lou Williams. Paul George is expected back shortly. You might see a little more Landry Shamit, who actually had a decent ball game here, but he's very much a three-point specialist, low-usage guy. Ivica Zubats, we've been tracking him, and he didn't do enough really here to get on to Raiders, although two-for-eight shooting is weird for him. Normally, you're looking at more like a four-for-eight, and then, you know, this game would have been 13-9, and nine, but 19 minutes still isn't quite enough for him. Not quite enough. Kawhi's going to go nuclear here until he gets any kind of help, but mostly it's just going to be more Lou Williams, and he's probably on a fantasy team anyway until Beverly gets his butt back out there. On the Dallas side, I know everybody's talking about Boban, who played 16 minutes and had 12-7 and seven with a steal and two blocks. It's not a thing, people, and it won't be a thing. This is novelty prize. Boban, throughout his NBA career, has been a very fun novelty, which, by the way, all due respect to Boban, who is just an unbelievable uh, specimen at seven foot a million, but he can't, his body cannot handle playing more than 15 minutes a ball game, and so it's just not going to stick. If you can somehow predict the game where he's going to get his novelty minutes, have at it. But I'll tell you right now, if you pick him up and start him, it's not going to be pretty. He's not going to be the guy that fills in here. More than likely, what you will see is what you saw in the second half, which is some rando is going to get the start. How much they play is anybody's guess. J.J. Barea started the second half for Dallas of this ballgame. J.J. Barea, he played eight minutes. Some days it's going to be DeLon Wright. Some days it's going to be Maxi Kleba, who just sort of slides in at the center spot next to Porzingis, although I think they try to play them together a little bit less frequently because their games are not that dissimilar, at least on the offensive end. Some days you're going to get Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry. All of these guys are possibilities. The one guy I can tell you pretty much isn't going to start a game at all the rest of the way, Boban. It's not going to be a thing. Sorry, people. I know we all have wanted it for years, but it's not going to be a thing. His body can't handle the kind of workload that would be required. And with him, you know, we're not talking about needing 30 minutes a game to be fantasy relevant. Remember the end of the season? Jeez, what was that? Was that two years ago now? Holy hell, it's hard to remember exactly when these things happened. Was it, it wasn't last year, was it? Have I lost my mind? When was he in Detroit? Uh, it was two seasons ago, I think. The end of the 2017-2018 season, right? Tracking Boban. That's the, that's our game. Two years ago, at the end of the season, he... Maybe it wasn't two years ago. What am I doing wrong here? One year ago? There was a stretch either one year or two years back, and I can't find it very quickly, where he got about 19 to 20-ish, 19 to 22 minutes a game for a couple weeks in a row and you know he's posting 10 and 7 12 and 5 18 and 8 it was a mixture of things but it was you know high field goal percent 
And sometimes he'd get a block just because he's so giant compared to everyone else. But you can see, even when the opportunity presented itself, he just, his body can't do more than 20-ish minutes a game. It just can't do it. So don't. Don't waste a roster spot on it. It's not going to be a thing, even if it happens once every two to three weeks, which it will, probably. If anything, if you've been streaming Maxi Kleba with Porzingis out, you just caught a fat stroke of good luck because he's probably going to keep value the rest of the season now. This happens sometimes. Streamers turn into more juicy things. You just never know when it's going to happen. I mean, there's no way for you to say, look, there was no reason for any of us to believe that Maxi Kleba was going to hold his value when Porzingis came back. He wasn't a value before KP went down. But the day Porzingis comes back, Dwight Powell goes down for the rest of the year. And here we are. Kleba. Attrition, man. Attrition is a thing in the NBA. That was it. That was the only game on Tuesday. Luckily, we got games coming out of our you-know-what on Wednesday. You know what? Sphincter. That's what I'm going to go with on this one. We got games coming out of our sphincter. Sacramento is in Detroit for the barn burner we're all looking for. Detroit's favored by a point and a half. Andre Drummond is questionable. He got a tooth knocked out in their last ball game and I believe had some serious lip cutting and bleeding going on. I bet he plays. I bet he plays. I'm actually still not convinced he gets traded this year. You've probably figured that out from listening to the podcast. Fantasy-wise, there is word that Rashawn Holmes might play in this ballgame. I'll believe it when I see it, but it's certainly nice to know that he's starting to get close. We're two days over the two-week mark from the day his injury occurred, so he's right in the window that they expected. Two to three weeks was what we were given for an evaluation, and it sounds like he's getting closer. For Detroit... We've seen the steps back from Sekou Dumbuya, which we kind of all figured would happen. He's a rookie. These things, that's the way it goes. He just, he's 19. He's going to get bopped around a little bit. Even Giannis got knocked around at 19. So, we watch Detroit to see if anybody else can do anything. Reggie Jackson is questionable, but you know he's going to be on a severe minutes limit, maybe the rest of the season. And lately, it's mostly been Derrick Rose and Andre Drummond. I don't trust V. Mikhailuk, which I said on a podcast, because he was due to cool off in a not insignificant manner. I don't really trust Dumbuya on a day-to-day basis, although I do believe he should be on a roster, just because he's getting a lot of opportunity, even in his youngness. And lately, somehow, Marky Morris has actually been just chucking away like a lunatic. He got ejected in their last ballgame, which kind of bought you a little bit of time Probably more interesting in points league situations. No one's picking him up. He's 12% owned. He's free in pretty much every one of my leagues. But he is out there, and he is hucking basketballs. Apparently, he has a toe issue going on as well, although his last game ended prematurely because he blasted Davis Bertans in the face. Neat. Okay, see Orlando. Um... I actually like Orlando in this game. I think they've been surprisingly decent lately, and I don't know if anybody's actually noticed that their defense has gotten so good with Vooch back that they've been starting to rack up a few wins. They are also significantly better at home. You know what I would do in a game like this if I'm looking at betting it is look at who the Thunder are playing Mm, they had that big win over the Rockets. This game has let down written all over it. They've got the Hawks at home coming up in a couple of days. 
I don't know. Well, you know what? I'm probably not going to dive into this one. OKC has shown the ability to beat teams in close ball games as well. Chris Paul, in particular, has been outstanding at beating the switch everything defense. Just feels like a letdown spot. Fantasy-wise, there's not much here, so we talked about it from the betting standpoint. Toronto, six-point favorites at home over the Philadelphia 76ers. This feels like a relatively fair line for the Raptors, who are uh, going to work. Keeping an eye on Serge Ibaka and OG Ananobi. It feels like both those guys could fall off the map here uh, at a moment's notice. Serge has a little bit more leash than OG these days, at least for me, from a fantasy standpoint. Norman Powell appears to be well above the cut line. He has been red-hot. Seems ripe for a cooldown, but he's just been good all year. Shooting percentages through the roof. Clippers on the back-to-back -back figure no Kawhi Leonard. Do we? Does that mean Paul George is going to play in this one so they have somebody available? We'll see. Jeff Teague watch is not a thing for the Atlanta Hawks, so we mosey along. Memphis at Boston. Letdown game for the Celtics, or was the Lakers game one where they finally started playing better? Could go either direction. Memphis, they kind of got caught with their pants down on MLK Day. I think they bounce back, play a better ball game here. Fantasy-wise, uh, mostly paying attention to the center battle in Boston again. Lately, it seems like you could actually get enough from both Cantor and Daniel Tice. Ennis Cantor is number 128 on the year. Tice is number 100. Must own, by the way. Daniel Tice should be on uh, fantasy, every fantasy team you can find. There's no reason why he shouldn't be on Every fantasy club. He had one bad game recently. Otherwise, the only game he had that wasn't that great was the one that he missed. Steals and blocks have been fantastic. In every game he's played, so skipping the one against Chicago, he sat that one out, he's had at least a steal and a block in five games in a row. He had two steals in one of those five games. He had two blocks and then three blocks in two of those five games. He's cruising, man. Daniel Tice is rolling right now. Even his bad games are good. He's top 60 over the last week, top 60 over the last two weeks, and right around number 100 over the last month. But going back that far, you're looking at some of the games where he didn't really seem quite healthy. Still, even if you look at that full month, 54% from the field, 74 at the foul line, 8-5-2 with a steal and 1.2 blocks and less than a turnover. That's a really nice nine-category, like, Nerlens Noel light kind of line. It's Nerland's Noel, but about a half steal short. Daniel Tice, must own. I'm back, I'm back on the bandwagon, and I'm on it hard. Lakers-Knicks. Chance for the Lakers. Lakers should probably be able to get this one back, shouldn't they? <laughs> After they get throttled in Boston, they may take out a little bit of revenge here on New York. Figure Anthony Davis will be up around the 30-minute mark in this one, so they go back to being a two-horse race. Knicks, I don't care, man. I don't care about the Knicks. Julius Randle, his up-and-down season continues. Marcus Morris has actually been better lately, and we'll see if the rumors of them actually wanting to hold on to him are true. Alfred Payton watch, mostly something you guys are doing and not so much me. Number 170 on the year for Alfred. He'll get you some assists, he'll get you some steals, he'll get you a few rebounds, and otherwise he will defecate on the rest of your fantasy game. Washington-Miami, Thomas Bryant's minutes are what we are paying closest attention to, as well as Jordan McRae, but I don't know that he's going to be able to hold value as long as his usage is trending down with guys like Bryant getting more usage. And then, of course, Bradley Beal, whose minutes are trending up. Miami, Jimmy Butler is probable. I'm going to throw a conspiracy theory out there that I already put under the Twitter sphere. I think Jimmy Butler just doesn't want to play in day games. 
Doesn't he miss all the afternoon games for Miami? Doesn't it feel like that's what's happening? Somebody look this up for me. I think Jimmy Butler just likes to nap in the afternoon, and he probably has a contract clause no one's been able to see that just says, if I don't want to play in an afternoon game, you guys just have to say I have back pain or hip pain or something that Centrum Silver should take care of. Anyway, they should be fine, so that's going to render a lot of guys obsolete on the Miami Heat. Minnesota, Shabazz watch. That's what's happening out there right now. Otherwise, they're a fairly predictable lot. Chicago, it's Luke Cornett watch. There's a lot of watches going on. The Knights watch. Denver, they are down so many bodies right now, it's silly. Michael Porter Jr. is going nuts these days. And everybody's going gaga about it. But just wait until they get healthy. I hate to be the... I mean, I actually, I don't hate. I love being the guy that pours water on everything. If you can sell them for something, you do it right now while they're missing Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Jamal Murray. And then, what did I read? Isn't there someone else that just got hurt for Denver? I forget who I read that was actually the fourth guy that's out for them right now. It's not Monty Morris. Who the, oh, it's Mason Plumley. So they're down a center also. They're down four guys right now. Of course he's doing stuff. Of course. Anyway, you should be able to get something there. I'm going to start Jeremy Grant. I need his blocks. League where I lost Jonathan Isaac and Derek Favors for... Anyway, Houston. P.J. Tucker looks uh, dead to rights. I don't know what's going on there. I thought for sure by now he'd be rebounding or stealing or shooting some threes at least. Daniel House looked better in their last ball game. Maybe... The wake-up call is they're losing all these games and someone was just like, hey, why don't you guys pass it again? Why don't you let some of these fringe guys actually get involved a little bit? It's hard to play when you don't get to touch the ball on offense. Even the best role players need something every once in a while. This was the fear as Westbrook got comfortable, is that now not only is Harden going like 40 usage, Westbrook is going 30-something usage, so there's just there's literally nothing else. Indiana, not much to watch there. Phoenix, not much to watch there, really. Kelly Oubre's back, so they're pretty easy. San Antonio, Derek White watch. I'm putting him back on the watch list here. He's been pretty good lately. Uh, rare guard that can actually get you a few blocked shots every once in a while. So that's not bad. He hasn't been good enough to be rostered yet, but he's coming off a big ball game, and you know, he's been a little bit better lately, so throw him into the mix. New Orleans, a lot of guys that are questionable yet again. Obviously, I want to see Derek Favors out there. If Drew Holiday continues to play, which we have to believe he will, he likely renders Josh Hart and J.J. Redick useless. So now it becomes the Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram backcourt with maybe Lonzo Ball. And then Zion makes his season debut in this ballgame. And I don't know. I know they said no minutes cap, but I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't cap him around 20 in that first game. That'd be, that would be gross negligence for a guy who just missed three and a half months. There will be a minutes cap. Whatever we see is going to be hot lava here. It's going to be sweet, but it's not going to be a lot of it in this ball game. I would probably fade the Pelicans in the Zion return game. I, I got, I would, yeah, I like the Spurs a lot, actually. I know I said I wasn't going to talk a ton about betting, but... Tell you what, go open your MyBookie account, make the Spurs your first wager of the year. They're going to come in swarming on this one. And the Pels are going to be trying to figure out what to do with Zion, and he's going to be missing defensive assignments. He's going to be super slow on a lot of things, and it's just going to goof up their defense more than anything. And the ball movement's going to stop. There's no way he settles in calmly 
This, like, that's not a knock on Zion. That's just, this narrative here is too much. And then Utah is in Golden State. This should be an easy win. Draymond Green expected to play, so that probably kills Eric Pascal. Rudy Gobert, the center for Utah, means we're probably going to get another Willie Cauley-Stein start, if I had to guess, way out in advance. And that is your look-ahead to a very large Wednesday, which only seems small compared to Monday. What is this, 12? 12-game 12 Wednesday? Am I counting that right? 12. Pish-tosh! A measly 12-game Wednesday. Big thank you once again to Brandon Marcus. Again, hit me up if you want to join our midday sales team or really anything in here at Hoop Ball, but that's the big priority. Chance to make some money making some phone calls for your buddies here at the Hoob. At Dan Bespris on Twitter, Dan from Hoop Ball. If you want to Google it or just send an email to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Drop that five-star review on the show. Hey, I forgot to read. I'll do that right now. I'll do that right now. Fantasy NBA Today iTunes. I'll Google it while we're finishing up the podcast, and I'll read one of our recent reviews. Let's see what we got. Hey, they don't say how many reviews you have up at the top of the page anymore. I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, but William is Bill. The most recent review says, Dan Vespers does an amazing job with his end. Oh, this is just going to give me a swollen head. With his in-depth detail and information on all of your NBA fantasy needs, he seemingly knows everything about every player. <laughs> Oh, William, you, you, you slay me. So anything you need to know, he's got it covered. He responds to listeners on his show and on Twitter. One of the nicest guys in the biz. Highly recommend this pod, especially if you want to win your league. That is way too nice. I want you guys to give five-star reviews and take silly shots at me like Andrew did yesterday. Anyway, thank you, William. That was a really kind uh, review of the podcast. Folks, if you drop a five-star review on the show and write something funny, I will happily read it on podcasts here. Happily. Hey, ClipFan88, I addressed your concerns about not talking about what size leagues. It's 12-person, 12, 12 9-category roto. That's what we're talking about all the time. Uh, you said you'd up it from a 4 to a 5. Come on, my man. Give me that love. Give me that extra star. You know you want to. Tomorrow, Accidental Mailbag with Alan Srokey. That should be fun. That's the Thursday show. Friday, we'll wrap things up and get you situated for the weekend. Once again, I am Dan Vespers. Big thanks to Brandon. He's BD Marcus on Twitter. Follow him now. This moment. Stop what you're doing. Follow Brandon. You know me. I'm at Dan Vespers. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. This is a big one. Should be fun. Can we get through a damn day without five people getting hurt? This is where I would normally swear if I was sitting among friends. And you guys are my friends. But I have this thing in me from all my years of doing play-by-play. -play. I just can't really swear comfortably on a broadcast. So can we just please get through five days without an injury? Bleep! That's lame. Ah, well. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.